everyone, and welcome back to the 801 Podcast, hosted by BL Garden. My name is Cho. My name is Melissa. My name is Ashley. My name is Erin. And thank you for so much for coming back. Uh, I know our first episode was a little bit rocky, um, but hopefully this one's better. Um, we are fresh off of Acon, and we will be talking about that and our experiences and our panels in just a little bit. But just to warm us up, we um, want to talk about what we just watched, since it is our BL um, movie night. We watched the first two episodes of Love Stage um, for most of us for most like the what eighth or tenth time or more. Um, so thoughts on Love Stage? Um, I loved it when it came out, which was what twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty fourteen, and um, it's, I love the colors. I loved Izumi and how much of a like dumb weave he was. I even liked Ryoma, even though he was he gave me the creeps. Um, and I still really love this anime, and it's like even funnier the tenth time around. Um, so, guys, thoughts? Well, it's Love Stage is probably like my best-selling print when I do Artist Alley. Um, so it's I really enjoyed watching it when it simulcast. Um, so it's interesting to see that I think for a lot of younger Fujoshi or for people who like BL but maybe would not consider themselves Fujoshi, it's like their favorite BL. Like it's the one that they seem to have recently connected with, which I think is different because I'm like from a different generation of Fujoshi. So it's interesting to see that Love Stage is so popular compared to, I mean, we've been to panels, um, I think of like Dr. Boy's Love, who really did not like Love Stage. And Love Stage is one of those anime that I think that collectively we tend to recommend as like a good introduction to BL. We, We feel like it's a better representation despite some of the more problematic parts. So it's interesting to see how so many people like I guess flock to it and it's such a good intro for them even though watching it again now like I do pick up on all the things that I glossed over so it's kind of like it's not that it's difficult to still recommend it but watching it with fresh eyes or four years down the line you're like okay is it still the first thing I would recommend to people and I think it's in my top three recommendations for um, people who are getting into BL or newer Fujoshi cutting in really quickly dr boys love if you're listening we are that group of girls that yelled at you when you called love stage problematic but we still support you and you had some great you have some valid points yes we're sorry it's okay to not like love stage we happen to like it i actually avoided love stage so hard when it came out because i've just gotten so tired of yaoi where the uk looks like a girl and acts like a girl so I saw the promo alt, and I was like, oh god, no, it's going to be like, okay, goodnight, or how you say it. But then I actually watched it, and I was just blown away, because I really like how they um, made the spin on his um, looks, and how he did look like a girl, and how he wasn't really girly, you know, he didn't like that he looked like a girl. I just thought it was a really refreshing watch. I like Love Stage a lot. I'm gonna say I loved Love Stage. My husband actually liked it and he's not a big fan of uh, that genre, but there was other things in the show other than the romance that draws you in. It has other plots. There are things like you said that are problematic in the relationship or certain behaviors, but I find it's really easy to watch. And even people who aren't into BL can enjoy watching it. So I think it's a good entry into the genre. I mean, we, we were watching it, we were like, you know, it is kind of creepy that he, like, is still obsessed with this eight-year-old girl he met, like, who peed herself ten years ago. Like, and has a photo, has his wallpaper. Right, like, that's, dude, that was ten years ago, and she's eight. Like, <laughs> you pointed I mean, out, he gets older, she yeah. stays the same. Ryoma's one of these semi-characters who, he's not the greatest when he starts out. He still has some blunders, even throughout the manga, like, in later chapters. But he yeah. does progress, 
So I like to think of he's he's like a guy that like they were able to teach him or he, he was able to realize like, okay, I'm being a dick here. Like I need to get better about this if I really want to like love Izumi. Um, and I've seen it, I think like it was one of those like Pride Month things where it was like LGBT anime and there was some criticism of Love Stage um, in the sense that it's like, oh, is it just gay for you? Um, but I think that that article specifically interpreted it as more of like a embracing of pansexuality, which I'm not somebody who identifies as pan, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but that was a, an interesting different take on it because it does follow a lot of the same BL tropes. I like to think it subverts them. Um, other people, again, have disagreed with me on that. Um, but it is an interesting look. Um, and I wish that the anime had maybe had a second season, even though I don't really want to see the Amnesia arc uh, animated. I want to see it finished because it is so popular. It does seem to be like such a great BL anime that it, it's sad that it never got more. Yeah. So, we all like Love Stage. Yeah, I mean, Love Stage is... I think nowadays, like, we often complain about being, like, old Fujos. And, like, the younger generation loves Love Stage. And we love Love Stage, so we can connect with that. Like, you say yeah. Gravitation, they're like, oh, that's so old. You know, like, well. Yeah, it's that idol anime I'm supposed to be watching, which is what I've actually been told. And I was like, hearing Gravitation called an idol anime, like, hit me right in the cook rows. <laughs> but yeah. um, Love Stage is good. Yeah, and it's good that four years on, we would still recommend it. Um, and it's it's nice because we do, since we've been watching our way through the chronology, like, we watched a lot of stuff that is just, it's not good. It's objectively bad. It's bad animation, it's bad, this kind of stuff. And, I mean, Love Stage, it's a Studio Dean production, so, like, it's not the best. But, it's, again, it's good that four years on, we can still recommend it. I mean, Ashley, you brought up a Kanaganai. It's yeah. not a Kanaganai, and that already gives it, well, like, the, two points. Yeah, the yeah. character, like, looky. Like, he looks like a girl, just like that Yuke. Oh, but one thing I do, like, really like about Love Stage is that it's sort of a better anime for, like, yeah, like Melissa said, for, like, new Fujoshis, because, like, when I got into, like, Yaoi, it was more Junjo Romantica, where, like, rape is a lot more prevalent, you know, um, sexual harassment, Kaya Papa, Papa the Kiss and the Dog. Those were, could be very troubling at times, you know? So, like, looking at Yaoi nowadays, it's nice to see how that has changed and it has become a bit more relevant to today. I like how Izumi grows to assert himself in that... Also, a side thing that I really like is that there's a lot of characters in anime who have a natural skill and gift that they use and go forward, but Izumi starts out, and he's terrible at the things he wants, but he continues no matter what, and I like that. And he also grows as a person, he asserts himself, he doesn't let the other characters just kind of, I mean, he starts out kind of like that, but he doesn't let them just push him in any direction, unlike a lot of submissive characters in other shows, he does what he wants to do and he's going to go forward and he won't be forced into a relationship. Okay, so that was Love Stage. Um, I think I'm going to go home and watch the rest of it now because I'm getting a little bit nostalgic. But um, as for what we've been reading or watching lately, um, I am so pumped for the Kase-san um, in the Morning Glories anime that's going to be out, which is a GL manga. Um, surprise, surprise. Uh, it's part of the Kase-san series, which is about two cute girls who do cute girl things together and also are lesbians and in love. And um, Viz did a little special presentation for it, I think, at some past con, some big past con that I wasn't paying attention to. Um, so that's coming out, and I'm really excited about that. Um, what has everyone else been reading? So I have been kind of rereading, I guess, but more like listening to um, the Captive Prince audiobooks. So I had read the... Um, 
stories together. Like, we actually all read them on the flight to Japan, which that's that's a very interesting thing to be reading all of, like, Captive Prince on a flight when you just have to, like, turn around to your seatmate and just be like, oh, my God, have you hit the scene yet? And you're just like, I'm stuck on a plane with, like, children next to me. Like, oh, my God, this is the weirdest thing. But so I've been, of course, to, to keep it weird, I've been listening to these, admittedly, at work, um, which is a whole other experience when your boss is, like, asking you things and you have to pause. You're just like, ah, it was, like, right there. Um, so I finally hit the, I finished the second book, um, before Akon, and then now I'm on to the third book. Um, and it's just, sometimes I just find myself, like, sitting at my computer just, like, smiling because Laurent is just so perfect, which people might disagree with me. He's, he's, like, my precious, my precious, yes, little blonde asshole. And some of, some of the things he, he does and says, it's just, you just have to, like, kind of laugh, but you can't laugh because people are gonna be like, what are you doing? Like, I'm sitting here listening to this audiobook. You don't have to explain yourself. So I've been rereading those. Um, and that's been really nice to hear it in audiobook format um, as opposed to reading it. Um, and so for the summer season, I'm definitely looking forward to the new free, uh, Dive to the Future. Um, totally didn't spoil myself on the new episode. Um, but definitely, I think that's like my most anticipated title. Uh, and then I'm also really looking forward to Banana Fish, which I have not read the manga. So I'm going to be one of these bandwagoners for the anime train. Um, but like... Uh, obviously, if I'm saying I like Laurent, I, there's a type there. So I think Banana Fish is going to have another one of my types. So the, the tragic blonde character. So they had me hooked based on that. Um, and then I'll have to watch Attack on Titan Season 3 because always need more Titan in my life. Um, and they're getting towards, hopefully they're getting towards plot stuff. I'm way ahead on the manga, so I don't even know where the anime is going to like land at this point. Um, but maybe it'll get to some of the really meaty things. I've been mainly um, waiting for the new Steins Gate anime because I played the original game on the Vita and it was an amazing experience and I haven't played the second game now but I really need to with the anime coming out. And then for um, what else I've been reading, I've mainly been focusing on um, Yaoi Chen before the anime comes out as well as rereading Cast Day Heaven, um, Ten Counts, Color Recipes, stuff like that. Um, I picked up, I can't remember the exact title, but it's something like Love and Viewfinder. Oh, yeah. Started reading it, then threw it out. Didn't really like the setup, thought it was a little problematic. Then had to cleanse myself by watch reading a Cherry Blossom Kiss, Kisses and Sighs, which is a anthology of girls love cutesy much more safer than what I was reading previously and then uh started reading actually gravitation again because I found some old manga and again safer than what I started with you find there's kind of kind of heavy to start it gets out. dark like it gets especially dark. The, the first volume I think of like some of the early sex scenes oh, are like yeah re- they ha- they have a lot of like it gets, like, really kinky really quickly. Yeah, and the power imbalance. I, I should have read the back more. But someone's recommended it, and I'm like, oh, uh, nope. Yeah, <laughs> with, like, if you find it, like, it stops out, like, really heavy. Like, like they're not consenting, you know? No, not it's not a good relationship. No. Then, like, it's not really until you get further into it that they actually, like, start to have an okay sort of relationship. And, and I don't then, think I can hold on that long. Yeah. So I had to move on. Um, I'm really looking forward, like everyone else in the world, to the next season of Attack on Titan. And uh, I need more Krista and Ymir in my life, so. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Armin fan, which, if you've read the manga, you, you know how my, uh, you, you know my struggle. Aaron, no. Just put it that way. So, yeah. 
Obviously, blondes. Like, <laughs> tragic blondes. Tragic blondes. Armin's not so much tragic. I mean, they're, they're tragic things. I should also say that I was a big fan of Irwin, and that would be a tragic blonde right there. Um, no more comments. I'll cry. Um, so we want to talk about uh, conventions now? Yes. I was trying to pull up our panel list because I don't remember the sheer amount of things we did. It was like, um, what, 16 hours? Over 16 hours of programming, I think, how we build it. Yeah. It was so much. And, okay. Because we also listed them on our website, so I've got those. Yeah. We had yeah. too many panels. Too many panels. Yeah. We were <laughs> actually guest panelists to Akon. And so we've actually kind of been guest panelists a lot, like featured panelists the last couple of years. But I think this is the first year we were, like, guest panelists or really um, felt like I guess that signifier that kind of made a difference. Um, I felt like I noticed way more I'd be at the table or we would just be walking because we had like new club t-shirts and we've obviously wearing a lot of our branding and people would just like stop us and be like, you're the people who did this, this and this. And it's like, yeah, out of like 30,000 attendees, you found me, you know, yeah, I'm wearing our club t-shirt or something like that. Or you come up to the table where we've got the sign, but it's just cool to see everybody really be um, like positive about a lot of stuff because anytime you go into a convention, like we stock Twitter we're, we do that, um, and especially for some of our panels, like we we are the ones who did the make anime great again panel. We won't we won't shy away from that now. Um, like we are apprehensive going into it because sometimes things get said and you don't know if people are going to interpret it the right way from a program book. And we do notice that specifically a lot of times, anytime we use the word Fujoshi in a title, it always gets a lot of buzz because I think people really shirk away from the title Fujoshi, which you should listen to. Our previous podcast, we want to know all about Fujoshi and how we interpret that and how we label. Um, but so sometimes you come into these conventions with, you know, like you don't know what your audience is going to be like. You don't know how people are going to react. And this is this year we had such an overwhelmingly positive reaction from so many people, people who you wouldn't even um, really know would go to our panels, which I think that's in part because we did increase our individual panels. Mm -hmm. We did a lot more that was not necessarily BL branded. Um, and that's some of what we'll talk about here. So we did decide, we made a conscious decision to diversify our um, our offerings. So we had our standard BL panels, but we also had um, a panel that was just on psychology and killing stalking. We had a panel on um, how um, LGBT characters have been represented in Western um, media. We had panels on, we had Make, America, Make Anime Great Again, which was our panel looking at why the alt-right has suddenly think that anime belongs to them. So yeah, we, we did, we had to do a lot more and um, we used to joke about having BL groupies, but it was just like two people who like were like yelling like, yay, go BL Garden. Yeah. And now we have like actual people who like recognize us and like, we had a kind of like a ask us questions panel called mm -hmm. Are You Afraid of the D? And people came in droves and they stayed and they engaged and it was just phenomenal. So that was great. Um, so our panels, uh, we're going to, I'm going to count down from like as we go along because I don't remember the sheer number. I think it was somewhere around 13. We did 13 panels on all yeah. three days, including Sunday. Um, all four days, Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, we started Thursday night getting it, you know, yes. rolling in. We started with Fujoshi Game Night, which is our card games panel, um, which is the brainchild of um, Isora Liddell, who's not here. But um, she is. she loves board games and she loves card games and she's basically like the mastermind behind all of that. So we had um, Cox Against Humanity, which is our BL theme Cards Against Humanity, and regular Cards Against Humanity. Um, we had Urian Ice Flux, which we, 
I think we got it the last like wire. <laughs> yeah. So if you've ever played the card game Flux, we have we have our original deck, uh, Yowie Fux, um, and then we did a special Yuri on Ice uh, deck, and we've kind of been trying to make all of our card games into like instead of just the printed out, you know, cut it up kind of thing. We've actually been getting them all printed professionally. So we had the two new decks of Fux to premiere. Uh, we had our if you ever played Sushi Go, we have Yowie Go. We had a couple of variations of Cards Against Humanity. The mm-hmm. tops to bottoms, which is like the gay version. Yeah. Um, we didn't make that one. That was that's no. Just we, the we, game some of these buy. we purchased. We had Joking Hazard, which, I mean, that game itself has got a lot of opportunities to be gay. Mm-hmm. So we usually like to play that. Um, yeah. We did um, Guess Who, our VL theme. Yes. Um, Guess Who. And people got really competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, I would walk by where they were playing, and they were, like, yelling at each other, which is what we want here <laughs> yeah. at the Eel Garden. People also got really passionate about Fuck, Mary Kill, too. Oh, yeah. You always see someone yelling out of that one yeah, at someone's you're, choices. You're killing someone's husbando, yeah. which Mary has done. Oh, <laughs> I've had it happen here, and people will remember, because I it'll be, like, four years later, I'm like, no, I remember the time you killed Everett Elric. I, I didn't will never kill Edward. Yeah. I didn't, because you drove me, and I was like, I'm going to end up dead by the <laughs> No, I, I would never, I would never kill anybody who's riding with me. This is, this is not. I'm not that kind of person. Um, and the other, the other game that we do have that um, I've actually never played it, even though I wrote it, um, was the. If you ever played like Ultimate Werewolf or One Night Werewolf, um, we have One Night Stand, which is um, instead of having to hunt for the werewolf, you, you've got rapey semes. Um, so it's, it's BL, it's trophy, it's funny, um, which if it's on a, like, we usually like to do this panel on a Thursday night, it's a good way to kick off the con, um, and I think it's probably the panel where we get the most, like, different types of people coming. Yeah, we had a guy playing, I think it was Yowie Fox, and he did not want his picture taken, and he was very adamant about it. (laughs) <laughs> and after he said that he doesn't usually do this, but he invited us to a gaming convention, so he might be doing that in the future, maybe. But he he did not want his picture taken. At yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting mix on a Thursday night, uh, which we were really glad that people were able to make it, um, since we know that people had difficulty getting their badges at Acon. Um, so it's, it was nice to be able to see that. Oh boy, people people <laughs> still, despite all that, was like, yeah, we want to come and play Yowie card games. I am sorry for anyone who was stuck in that line that came to any of all stuff because God help you, that yeah. line. I mean, it's understandable. Like, people get upset, but, like, like it's not like Akon could, like, control what happened. I think it was a system issue. Yeah. Um, so, like, I understand being upset, but, like, you know, it's a con. It's a huge con. Things are going to happen. But mailing badges should definitely be a thing in the future. And then the following day, um, our first Friday panel was... Actually, my panel, God Help the Outcast, which is a history of gay coded villains, where I talked about um, the history of gay coding going back from the Hayes Code and how that impacted um, characters and how they're portrayed. I talked, talked a lot about Hitchcock and Disney, which is Hitchcock for kids. And um, I asked for a small room, and the room was full, and I was super freaking nervous. Um, but people were really great. They stayed the whole time. They were in um, engaging. I ended up a little bit early because I was so nervous, but. Um, we had a, a great conversation, and uh, we got some new followers out of that, um, so that was great. And then um, that same day, like right after that panel, because again, we did 13 different panels. We did over 16 hours of programming, so we were back-to-back on a lot of things. Um, another one of our um, members did the psychology behind Killing Stalking, which um, Killing Stalking is labeled as problematic, and therefore you can't touch it. But one of the things we like to talk about here is that killing stalking is not a romance it's not meant to be a romance it's a psychological thriller 
And just like horror genres, like Saw isn't romanticizing torture. Um, the Jason franchise is not like romanticizing like um, saving bullies or whatever the fuck ever. I haven't seen a Jason movie in forever. Anyway, but um, Killing Stalking is a thriller. It's not a romance. And people like to like rag on Fujo's for like being titillated about um, one of those like torture porns that's everywhere just because it's um, gay themed. And our member um, took a look at that like very deeply, like consulting like about serial killers and those illnesses. And it was, it was great. Luckily we got an early preview of that because I could not make it because I was passed out ready to do four more panels that same day. And we were just running all over the place. But if you went to that, tell us how it was. Um, it was, we were really excited about that. And then also that same day was The Real Skaters of Yuri on Ice, which was done by Melissa here. Yeah, so um, if you've seen Yuri on Ice, um, it's obviously like very heavy on figure skating. And so what's really cool about the show is that a lot of the uh, characters in the show are based on real figure skaters. So this panel was pretty much kind of enlightening the audience about who these skaters are, because I feel like uh, their identities got co-opted for the show, and it's really important to know who these characters are based on and to appreciate the real skaters. Um, and being like kind of a, I guess, getting back into being a skate otaku myself, uh, it was really fun to be able to talk about it and to share some of the um, the passion that I've rediscovered for figure skating. Um, so it was it was a good panel. That one, uh, you know, like when you do your first panel of the con, you, you're kind of a little shaky. But I was really encouraged um, that the audience wanted to to learn and it's you know anytime I get to talk about figure skating for an hour is, is a great hour spent because yeah, you're also a figure skating otaku as well as a BL otaku yes and then our first group panel was boys love 101 where we basically broke it down took it back elementary style not quite elementary because we had a lot of like nipple pulling pictures I mean but... it's an 18 plus panel so <laughs> yeah, it was 18 plus <laughs> but we talked about like what is like BL what is bar what is sorry gay call me what is slash um you did the um, BL section with Charles. Yes. How did that go? Uh, it went really well. Um, so definitely, like, it's kind of geared towards BL newbies, but certainly it's a panel that we want anybody who wants to just learn more in-depth about uh, any type of BL to come to or to just broaden their horizons. So with that kind of in mind, we tried to break it down from even just, like, the vocabulary of BL or the origins, which um, a lot of, like, BL panels at conventions go over the 101, um, so we definitely covered that, but we also went into some of BL Academia, looking at some of the tropes, um, how Fujoshi are perceived, kind of looking into the community as well. Um, and that's something that we mirrored for the Slash section. We did have a small section for Geikomi. Um, unfortunately, we're not able to really talk about Bara or Geikomi um, as much as we have previously. We used to have a member who was really into it and really passionate about it, but because she moved, uh, nobody here has really got the same kind of depth of knowledge um, so we, we covered it mainly for context, um, but we were, it was nice that we could include it, at least to give it that kind of foil to BL and to compare it to Slash, um, since they're all kind of like of the same general theme, but very distinct. I was much more, um, knowledgeable about Slash. I did that with Azora Liddell, but I also covered, um, Gay Comey because I like it. I'm not, I'm like total novice, but I wanted to cover it. Because I like it and I'm learning more about it, but mostly because um, I fight people on the internet, of course, as you do, about Fujo discourse. And they seem convinced that Gay Komi is more pure than BL. 
And that's just like the funniest thing to me. Like we had like how many kinky pictures? And the images <laughs> were not pure. And so we adapted the old um, PowerPoint that we had because we've done BL101 before um, at conventions. So I basically took that PowerPoint and gave it like a slick new skin. Um, and the images, I don't know if just like because the person in our group who's our, our previous gay comedy expert really pulled really dirty stuff. I mean, I have to believe this stuff is real, really there in this manga. Um, but it was, yeah, I kind of challenged the idea that people think that gay comey is pure. It's like, what if they just read, like, my brother's husband or something yeah. like that? That's like, not even a gay comey. No, they just read, <laughs> it's... like, it's like the littlest tiny bit of Tagame. It'd be like just reading, like, Yoshinaga for BL and saying, like, oh, that's fine. I've read, you know, like, what did you eat yesterday? And, like, that's, those are, those two mangas are, like, not representational of the genres that those authors normally write and draw for. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want, like, to read about, like, Tagami's Cretion Cow, which is a guy getting fucked by a minotaur, um, you can actually buy that on Massive Goods, the website, which I did. Um, and I'm not happy about it, but, you know, it's, it's done. Uh, so our next panel was Are You Afraid of the D? Um, which was, we wanted a chill panel for Fujo's, Fujianchi, and Fujito's in Fujin's. Whichever, we were still not sure what the gender-neutral term yeah. should be. The name is a non-sequitur, I will tell you. That that name does not match what the panel description was. But it brought you to that panel, did it not? We're all about clickbait over here yeah. at the Garden. That was our, so we built it as a slumber party, which I'm sure people rolled their eyes at the idea of a BL slumber party with Fujoshi. Um, but it was an excuse to wear pajamas late at night and just kind of have a relaxed setting. Um, and I think that a lot of times when we do the panels, like they're set up like a lecture almost. So you're sitting in a chair, you're, you know, several feet away from the audience, from, as the audience, you're several feet away from us as the panelists. There's kind of like that barrier because we're usually up on some kind of table or like a, a, you know, there's a stage. So it's like we're already kind of like elevated. But this one, like we just all sat on the floor. We're all on the same level as the panelists. And I think it was really important to have that casual distinction, casual atmosphere. So people felt like, yeah, I can totally just ask questions. We're totally going to have this actual conversation because I'm just two feet away from you. It was much more successful than I thought it would be, even though I like to refer to it as the cursed panel because of what Ashley told us. <laughs> totally on We weren't, yes. we weren't like prepared. <laughs> would you like to explain? Well, I, I will. So the question though <laughs> that we got, because we fit, so half of the panel was like people in the audience asking us questions. The other half was what we call fishbowl, where we pulled from like a fishbowl for the questions. So one of the pre-written questions that we had in a fishbowl was what was the weirdest thing you've ever seen in BL? And that's how we came to this. No, it was an audience member yeah. asked what was the most explicit thing you read. Oh, I thought yeah. it was, because we had a fishbowl question that was the same one. It was, so. we had to a, a lot. An audience member was responsible. Oh no. <laughs> I, I, was, that person. I was not the one who scored everyone. Okay. Um, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. So what is bug cop, actually? <laughs> so if, so I'm assuming that most of you guys know what a kink meme is, but basically it's a live journal community where you can request someone to write porn for you for free, for whatever you want. You write a prompt, and someone likes it enough, they'll write it and they'll post it. Yay, free porn. Well, in the Glee kink meme back in 2012, back when Glee was like in full gear, someone requested Budcock, which was... A cock that's alive, has a mind of its own, it has antennas, it has wings, it has eyes, it has legs, and it's alive. And someone, I don't know who, I've never found this in any other fandom, I'm assuming it's only a strictly glee thing, only a few people know about, but someone requested that um, they write 
Kurt and Blaine from Glee, where Kurt has a boy pussy and Blaine has a bug cock, and someone filled it. So there was the first ever bug cock story, and then more people started requesting it. And then there were more fills, and it sort of like stopped after a few of them, but then it came back in 2013 and 2014. Some people were inspired, and I just think it's an amazing thing, and I need the world to know about this. I think my answer was like Abba position, which seems like amateur hour now. The glee fandom is fucked up. I had the the impreg penis baby dozen um, that admittedly I didn't find this in BL stuff. I found it on D on 4chan. I will admit to that. Um, which explains a lot about this dojin. So it's like basically these. I don't even. They're of indeterminate age. It's anime. It's it's manga. Um, so it's these two youths who like they're not supposed to go up to the mountain as they're told, but then they go up to the mountain, and of course they get impregnated by this like, of course monster or something <laughs> like that. So then they're pregnant, of course. So then they have to go have the baby, and one one of the guys has the baby, as you would think a man might have a baby, pushing it out his only orifice there. Um, but the other one, the baby's supposed to come out of his penis. And so it's stuck because how do you get a baby out of a penis? So the other guy, having just had a baby, decides, oh, I must fuck him. And if he ejaculates, the baby will come out. So, yeah, this is the this is the crazy shit that you sometimes find in, like, the worst places of the internet. So I don't know what I expected. Um, but for a while there, it was something, like, I think I shared it with y'all because we could never find it. And I finally found it again. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I just read? Um, but that is, like, the worst thing that I've ever encountered. Um, so, yeah, that's... Here we are. Bugcock, penis babies. Eggs. You know, what a, what a wonderful time at Acon. God, oh, fuck. It just, like, this is... It would be much easier just to put, like, trans men in, like, BL instead of having to, like, shoot, like, orgasm babies. Yeah, I, I just, like, that's... No, that's, that's, that's definitely, like, anything involving that orifice itself is, like, one of my no-no's. So I... Oh, I don't know how I sat through it. Quickly moving on. Yes. <laughs> we had our eat a bag panel, which was just like, uh, our the person in charge of that is not here, um, but uh, she basically talked about like what an eat a bag is, um, how to spot fakes, mm-hmm. like, how to... Design. Yeah, just the general like um, introduction to eat a bags in terms of like, what is it? What's the approach? You know, having a theme versus, you know, it's not an eat a bag if you don't have a theme. Um the different types of bags because it's usually like the the most common questions are like what are the different types of bags available where can I get them um, and so we we're able to because uh, I assisted her on this panel to show kind of some of the construction of the Eda bags um, and it was cool because we actually like between all of us we must have like over twenty Eda bags probably mm. um, we have a problem and there's not even that many of us who are Eda bagging in the group so it's like an, <laughs> I'm most of the problem I'll admit yeah. I have like over ten Eda bags um, but it was cool being able to bring all of ours and show them. Um, we have some pretty impressive bags, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. So very impressive group. Yes. Okay. Next, um, we have all Yaoi considered, which is probably our banner panel. We bring it to, we bring it everywhere. Uh, we do something different for it every con. Um, this time around, we um, presented our new research, mm-hmm. which was um, well, a little bit on the backstory. We've been um, for the past two years now. We've been um, looking at the rate of dating violence in BL. Um, we have meticulously read, I think, what is it, over 222 titles? Yes. Goodness. And we, every single sex scene and all of those, we put in a spreadsheet and then we crunch the numbers for them. And who lord. So we've been 
We're freaking dedicated, okay? Yeah. You've never wanted <laughs> characters to stop fucking until you've done, like, four volumes of a manga and you've had to put in a sex scene every time it happens, but the character's a prostitute, so he keeps having sex. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, ah, I can't keep track of all these, like, nameless, like, characters you're fucking. Like, stop having sex, please. Yeah, yeah cause I, didn't, I was like, your character must be a sex worker, because, like, I was, like, going through the data, and it was like, of, like, Sime 1, Sime 2, <laughs> Sime 3. And then, like, you, no you always was, like, green-haired guy, like, blue-haired guy, like, Sime <laughs> 3. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> so many Simes. Yeah. I think our simis actually outnumbered our ukes because they were just fucking so much. Ukes are, are much <laughs> less common in the wild, you know, a rare species. That's what we were trying to look at. Like, what does the typical uke look like? What does he do? Like, how does he get his kicks? How much body hair does he have? Does he have an anus? Um, does so he, he have nipples? <laughs> Most of them had nipples, which surprised yeah, me. Yeah, overwhelmingly, they had nipples. So, um, the f- free, those are those are minority simis and ukes right there. No nipples. And Ani, I think. Most yes. Had yes, we did. But the, it was interesting because in a lot of cases there was censorship, but it was not like your normal like God Ray. It was like, oh, there's just a bed in front of him. So it's like we're just going to try to avoid the whole thing entirely. Mm-hmm. But then when we did have sex scenes where you could actually kind of see something like there was, there were God Rays or mm-hmm. screen tone. Um, you didn't really see a lot of uh, uncensored stuff. Um, but I think what our data showed that was. Um, like overall, is that semes are predictably taller. Uh, they actually have darker hair than the uke. Um, Sime and uke are both like 18 to 24 um, and have, they're, they're students of some kind. So we went ahead and said they were college students um, because 18 to 24, like they could still be in high school. But we just said, okay, it's probably college because they were like equally wearing uniforms and not wearing uniforms. Um, but the uke were smaller Um and lighter haired um, and the two body types that we ended up kind of settling on um, based on what the data showed in terms of like how muscular they were so your this is going to sound really weird but like your body type for your semi is probably like slightly muscular like a haru from free but the uke was like there's no muscles on him at all so it's basically like nagisa um which i think cho yuri was like that's the ship we should have had all along yeah. it's like haru nagisa <laughs> it was in front of us the whole time yeah so that's <laughs> and that's just based on like the the sample that we had um so we kind of want to increase our sample as we go along to to see if we're confirming that data um because there's nobody else like academically kind of looking at that um so we don't really have any opportunity to have it independently confirmed outside of ourselves yeah i mean i was surprised like because when you think well i wasn't so much surprised i was just like oh so like it's confirmed because when you think bl you think like oh they're all 16 year old high school students but most of them are like 18 to 24 college yeah. students tumblr's uh shock is very misplaced mm-hmm. so stop the discourse so you were at our panel yes i was and um so what did you think of our research like i was really impressed um i've done research myself in different areas and I felt it was really comprehensive and I don't think a lot of people would put in the time and it really made me interested in wanting to join your group and learn more. I was also surprised by some of the things because I think again what you see on the internet or the most popular gave me the impression that there was way too much problematic that it was always an older semi and the younger submissive but actually you're like no they're if you do the averages they're about the same age which I think it means I need to read more so I don't get just the, I guess the most popular stuff get is only the tip of the iceberg of the story. Yeah, that's kind of, because when we get back to like the idea of the dating violence, like there is this myth that BL is basically like 
two straight guys raping each other. Like, there's, that's when you boil it down, like, that's how awful it sounds. And you see this in, like, reviews where, like, I just got really tired of reading BL manga reviews where they're praising the manga for being consensual. And it's like, that, like, you shouldn't be, that shouldn't be something that we have to do. Like, it should just be, an, it shouldn't be something we think about. But it, it got me thinking about, like, well, how much of this is actually happening? Like, how much rape is there in BL? It's kind of where we started our first journey and looking at that. And we discovered that basically 20% have non-consensual sex or rape. 80% are consensual. So it completely reversed the narrative that I think we've been fed, which I don't know if the narrative is coming from other Fujoshi or coming from non-Fujoshi too, um, in terms of where that stigma is or where that, like, trope. Um, but seeing that that was not as common, it got me thinking about the Simi and the Uke. And, and that kind of confirmed a lot of what we thought um in terms of how we've been seeing BL recently but it's definitely something that at a certain point in time that had to become an idea that got stuck in everybody's head so I don't know if it was just like from my generation of Fujoshi or it where it's the some anime of the, or some of the original titles that got popular yeah that's what I was yeah about to that say. might have like the first thing you get introduced to might stick in your brain and that yeah. kind of sets the bar and when you think like a lot of people I've met there for well my generation it was gravitation and then my younger sister it was junjo romantica mm-hmm. and both those had questionable yeah what we're gonna do like our next phase is do anime like maybe more people are watching anime maybe what's getting turned into an anime has more rates of like dating violence mm-hmm. yeah because like all the big popular ones you see they do have some sort like junjo romantica there was like the first few episodes you know it's not consensual at all the popular games you have enzai you just you have like when you like, Papa the Kiss in the Dark, you know, it's a guy and the kid mm-hmm. he raised. It's just because, you know, it's so popular, it's what people see when they get introduced to Yaoi. They don't see the consensual stuff, they see the problematic stuff that gets turned into games and anime, and then that's mm-hmm. what pops in your mind, because it's what you see. You know, yeah. It's so popular. And I will say that um, what was interesting to me after doing the first two years of the research, um, when we got prepped for this year, we read a bunch of new academic articles to stay fresh. Um, and there's a researcher named Anna Maddell who works out of the UK. She's a um, doctor of psychology. She was actually able to independently confirm that statistic that we have. So we, we have 20%. I believe she listed hers as 12%. She has, in part of her research on BL, been keeping a tracker. So I don't know exactly what her statistical sample is compared to ours. Um, but she was actually refuting some of my earlier research, um, which... Part of us, you know, doing this, we're going to go back and correct a lot of what we've published before and publish this new data. But um, it was really heartening to see that that that's true. It's not just that we did this study and it's not going to hold up outside of this. Is that no? There is absolutely way less rape in BL than we have been told or that we have been led to believe over the last however many years that we've just had this thought in the Pajushi community. Yeah. And we theorize like. We're still trying to like pinpoint why people think that. We're gonna look at anime, of course, and then also like I once posited the theory that maybe it's just that it's twenty percent that have um, rape in it, but twenty percent may seem a lot to like a Western audience that's not used to that, and then maybe just like the shock of it being like even supposedly that much at all is what people stick with. But then I think about mm-hmm. like that's most of what hentai is is still like non-consent. So then you get into misogyny, and maybe it's the fact that um, BL is typically a female hobby, which is why people scrutinize it more. And I think it's also, you have to look at the culture, like Japanese people, and because it's women reading it, and women in Japan are expected to be more submissive, you know, 
and they aren't really thought of as like we don't they don't have the gender equality that we have so that could also like change how they write stuff and how they view it too certainly the way that like there's a different cultural interpretation for fujoshi reading it in japan versus here and i do think that i mean we've mentioned kind of like tumblr and the tumblr morality um i think that we read it maybe with more shock i mean i'm not a japanese fujoshi so i i can't speak to how they're reading it um but certainly in the last couple of years we've seen that more and more people do feel like they can call out um problematic content in media which is good we should we should obviously be calling that out um but i do think with bl i get sometimes it's like a outsized outrage um that people have to the detriment of us enjoying it. I remember when Kiss Him Not Me, when uh, Sari Numa um, was assaulted by one of her suitors and she went to read a BL manga and that happened and she mm-hmm. was like, well, this I like this in fiction, but I don't like it in real life. Yeah. And I didn't like go further than that. Like, um, like Junko didn't like touch on it further from yeah. that, but like it was brought up. And so like, we can't pretend like, oh, like, the Fujoshi are just like in the dark about it. Like people are aware that this is a thing. We don't know where it comes from, but it's not as big as people have been making it out to be. Yeah, by and large, people probably can separate fantasy from reality. Oh yeah, that's something that people yeah. whose frontal lobes are fully developed. Yes, it's a it's a can. good you know mark of maturity there. Um, so you want to talk about our other panels we did? Well, we had a couple more components too. Uh, oh yeah, I consider just really quickly because they're not here. We had um, a Fujoshi um, Japanese lesson. Mm-hmm. And um, we played a couple of games, which we had some very competitive um, participants. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. That bloodbath. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't win. <laughs> Sorry, right. I tried. Believe in you. Believe in you. Next time. It's a learning process. So yeah, that was oodles of fun. And then next we had the Alchemy of Full Metal Alchemist. Um, so this, I've done this panel before. Um, usually try to space it out a couple of years, um, but basically it looks at the real world um and historical alchemy that was seen in full metal alchemist which is something that i did um the research um when i was re-watching full metal alchemist a couple of years ago and it's amazing to me the amount of like accuracy that i found in terms of elements or themes from the show that played out in some of these old alchemical texts um, so it's kind of a deep dive into full metal alchemist um which is always a good time uh it's a beloved anime for a lot of people, so it's cool to revisit it. Yeah, that's one of the panels that we have that's not at all BL themed. That we yeah, no, it's just because I'm a huge, huge <laughs> full metal nerd. Right. And speaking of not being at all BL themed, uh, Make Anime Great Again, which is a panel that we did, and we chose that title. And who boy, people took notice. We had a pretty full panel for that. Yeah. A lot of men. We were. <laughs> so we did this panel after like. I guess there were a lot of thoughts that we had going into it. A lot of like, how, how is our tone supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't know when you're, when you title something MAGA, like going into it, like, are, are you going to walk into a room full of people wearing those hats? Are you going to walk into an audience, people who are curious? Like, what's it going to be? So especially like uh, Cho and I were kind of thinking about like, do we need to be our authentic selves <laughs> for this panel? Do we need to try to hide our own personal beliefs? Um, and initially, I think we were going to be a little bit more neutral about it. But then after um, a couple of Twitter things uh, in the days before, it became apparent that we needed to make sure people knew we were not Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where that confusion would have come from. Maybe they thought that we would have been sympathetic towards um, the alt-right's love of anime. Um, I think that we wrote the description pretty obvious about what we were going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, but in short, we are not Nazis. Um, the alt-right somehow loves anime. 
we were just standing up there. me on a higher level. It just doesn't make sense. We were standing up there in full Lolita and Gyo, like, <laughs> yeah. Gyo, yeah, talking about Nazis. And um, we had some time for questions, and we thought it was going to be a much tougher room than it ended up being. Yeah. We got into a little scuffle about whether or not Japan should have a military. But it was probably the most, like, civilized discussion that I've had at a convention, which you don't usually get to have discussions at a convention, like a panel setting, um, especially of, like, this caliber. So we had several different, um, uh, I guess, male respondents who had different sides of the issue, and they were, you know, some of them were getting a little bit more passionate than others, but they were able to, like, answer each other and, you know, stay reasonable. I mean, I don't know what happened after the panel. We, yeah. we left. Um, we did have, like, three Marines who were all, like, is disagreeing with each other. Yeah, that was a very interesting thing. I was like, I'm going to stay out of that because, you know, thank you for your service. I I do not have the experience that you've had and I can't speak to that. Um, And so that's always tough sometimes when you get questions that you're like, I really can't answer that because it's beyond the scope of what I study for this panel or beyond what I could even answer. Um, And I, I think to some extent, some of them were misunderstanding like the Japanese military situation, like, Japan has a military. It's a self-defense force. They just can't get involved in outside conflicts. And so that was really some of what the the nuance there was. Um, but it was good to see that, I mean, I don't think we really, we, we don't know. You can't look at somebody sometimes and see, oh, yes, they are somebody from the alt-right. But people certainly understood the message that we were getting across in terms of trying to explain why you keep seeing people on Twitter who are, like, screaming at you about all this racist stuff, probably about children in cages and how it's fine. And then they, it's, like, some cute anime girl as their icon. It's like, what? what is up with that? Um, because apparently we need to take anime back from the alt-right. Um, so that's, that's basically what that panel was trying to explain. And I'm glad that we were able to actually explain it and not get shit for it. Yeah, it's nice. Only saw two MAGA hats, and one of them asked us a question, and he gave up really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it was fine. It's it's when you're like we put a lot of crazy research and like effort into that panel, so I was glad that it came across because I don't ever want people to like write off our panel just because we have the name Beale Garden attached to it. Like, no, nobody has any idea about how long we spend writing and researching these things, and just the the education that we even have to pull this off. You were at our Maka panel, right? Yes. Did you notice any shady characters or any <laughs> disruption? No, there was some guy sort of like talking behind me, but other than that, it was quiet. Everyone was focusing in there. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Going back to the BL, we had Yaoi on Ice watching sports anime as Fujoshi, which is another one of our clickbait titles. <laughs> you see a theme here. Yeah. We get you to the panel, and then you're so intrigued, and you're... It's just like, it's so, it, the PowerPoint is so well designed, you have to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I do the PowerPoints, you can't tell. <laughs> so, Yaoi on Ice is watching sports anime as Fujoshi is basically what it says on the tin. Like, what, how Japan gets you to watch these things, what you're doing when you watch these things. Um, we notice that a lot of fans, and Western fans especially, tend to think they have a lot more control than they do. And um, how Fujoshi mob mentality may be tricking you into seeing like maybe Haikyuu is a lot more sexual than you than um, is actual like going on there. We looked at the um, like history, the brief history of sports anime. We had a much longer timeline, but we had to cut that down significantly. Yeah. So when we did this panel last year, we kind of looked at like every sports anime that had been co-opted by Fujoshi. Um, and this time we we definitely did cut down that timeline because we wanted to talk about the impact of Yuri on Ice specifically because we were almost two years out um, and we definitely needed to talk about that in the context of the Welcome to the Ballroom uh, controversy that happened last summer. Um, 
And so it's kind of a, a slightly different take, but the, the, the nuts and bolts of it were still the same in that, you know, you as Fujoshi or we as Fujoshi want to know how we can support the industry, want to know how we can get more stuff like Yuri on Ice. Because, I mean, that's why a lot of people come to this panel. That's why we did the panel. It's based on Yuri on Ice. Um, and so it's kind of trying to explain from, you know, like my experience in the anime industry, how you can actually support that to get more like it or what the harsh realities are of taking off the shipping goggles or realizing your role how you're being manipulated or how you need to continue to buy into that system if you want to even get your eyes. Like, I'm pretty sure to get this movie made, we need to all buy 10 more charms. So go do that right now. If we all do that, we can make it happen, people. You heard yes. it here. <laughs> that is not how this movie's going to get made, sadly. But right. And it won't be in August, probably. I don't know what you've seen around, but we probably won't get the movie in August. No. Fake news. Fake yeah. news. Fake news. <laughs> Joshi that was some real clickbait right there. <laughs> and very quickly, we had Broadway karaoke. Me and Ashley did that. Um, nice room. Very interactive. A Ama- lot of amazing scenes. Like, I was seriously impressed by, the, by everyone. That guy who did Phantom of the Opera. And like, his girlfriend. Like, he someone? was just, like, crying. Because yeah. he was, like, staring right at her. I was like, oh, my God. And they were, like, perfect together, too. They did do a duet. And it was oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so that was really nice. Also not BL-related. Um, and our last panel was on a Sunday. Our last two panels, we had a Eda Bag Show and Swap, where everyone showed off their Eda Bags. You can look at our pictures on Facebook when I put them up, because I am lazy and forgetful. Um, but I will put those up. If you were there, you will be able to see like the sheer beauty of the bags that we had. Um, and also, Atomei's Guide to Japan, where our um, member, Charles, who taught in Japan for a while, um, talked about like if you're Fujoshi, where are the hotspots you're going to want to go. And that wrapped up our um, very long Acon weekend. Um, did anybody go to any interesting panels that weren't ours? I was stuck at the booth all day, y'all. <laughs> so, um, but that's always a fun experience getting to interact with our fans um, that way, or people who, you know, sometimes you can tell, like you get the obvious Fujoshi. Um, I always really like when I get people who I perceive to be Fudanshi, especially if they feel, you can kind of tell when somebody's a little nervous coming up to the table because it is very pink very bl very over the top um but i you know love seeing any type of band i think the best comment i got was somebody bought one of my super lovers prints um and i was like oh i really appreciate that you love super lovers because a lot of people give me shit for loving super lovers <laughs> and it's so cool that you bought it she's like oh it's not for me it's for my mom and i was like i can't believe that your mom likes super lovers but like she's just the most awesome person on the planet now um so that was since i didn't go to any other panels that was that was my fun part from the weekend I'm one of the people who gives her shit about blocking super lovers. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great manga. It's a great anime. No, I no. will, I will stand for super lovers any day. So. If it's brothers and I can't do it, or something off. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, help out at the Artist Alley, and I think um, that was really fun. So, you know, seeing everyone walk by and stop talking to us about our panels and what um, yaoi they liked, you know, and seeing how excited they got over some of our merchandise. That was really fun, and it was just like made my day seeing you know how everyone looked when they walked by, and like some girls would get really excited, you know, and try not to like buy everything, and then we would like talk to some people, invite them to our stuff, you know, and I think that was really fun, and then the hentai dubs panel that Vitamin H hosted, that was amazing as well. Vitamin H just had some amazing stuff this year. We missed our Barra panel, but we really wanted to go to that one. Maybe yeah, I think it was year. the same time as card games. Yeah. Yeah, because if anytime there's like LGBT representation panels, we like to go and see um, 
you know, because even if it's just to help add to the conversation um, or to support other groups that are talking about it, um, because it's not something that sometimes it comes up accounts, but sometimes it's just not there. And so it's good to support, you know, anytime you are going to get diverse content because we need more we need more representational panels. I spent way too much of Acon in a line. So Thursday, I had the Fast Pass and Charity Banquet, but I didn't realize there were two lines and I stayed on the regular line and I kept on like getting off of it. And then when I got towards the end, they're like, why are you on this line? You could have already gotten your badge ready after four and a half hours. And also, the people that I started online with were not the people that I ended up online with. Because somehow, like, the line broke up and fell apart and reformed. And I think it was just like, when you get that many people in one building, you try to snake back and forth. It's not going to go well. Should have bless, done a Wednesday, Bless much. their soul. Oh, God, I should have. Bless everyone's souls who was volunteering, staffing, and trying to get it to go. And then... um. That could like was continuing. I always like ended up in a line, but you know what? I met a lot of people and had good conversations in line, so not a waste. Um, and meeting you guys was probably the the highlight of the con. But one of the things I enjoyed that I didn't and I actually did not get lost in line for was a Danganronpa uh, murder mystery. I wanted to go. It to was that. so much fun. They were so into it. Yeah. Um, it was really enjoyable. So. Oh, actually, now that I remember, the dating show was amazing, too. The cosplay dating show. Those never go. That, it's always fun. That goofy cosplayer was the best. <laughs> I loved him. I'm sad that I didn't go to the, any of the eat-a-bag things, because I really want to start one for myself, and I want to get into it. It it will suck your soul. It's okay. I have, Don't do it. Like, a whole... I have two whole <laughs> little boxes full. Like, I've divided... Finally divided off all my stuff, in terms of, like, the Full Metal stuff for my Full Metal bag. And my backlog of everything you're nice because I just bought everything that came out and then sold half of it to you for your characters. Um, and we're still buying more because <laughs> I just signed up to get a full full set of the Saga on Ice charms. Um, and it's like I just keep buying bases too because I just keep adding and just I must have like ten Yuri Nice bags or something. Teach like that. me how to start, Senpai. So don't. It's no. it's her fault. I'm into this. I'm an enabler. I just want one bag. But I was enabled by no. my coworker, so it's. I don't know. You can always start out small. Like you don't have to be as hardcore or like have as many bags because now I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do with this many. Bags. I don't even know like what bag to get or like where to start. I need I need I need to start. Yeah, we have a panel for that. <laughs> yeah, and we should, we'll probably end up doing I guess like an eat a bag podcast um, episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's like I guess a lot of us do it from an OTP perspective or like a Fujoshi perspective versus just like a single character. So we have much more of a like BL approach, or some of us even have like BL bags. So that'll be a, we should definitely do that as an episode. So look forward to that. Yay. So I think that's it for this episode, um, for the main content. Um, if you went to our panels, we would love to hear your thoughts. You can, um, if you fill out the ACON feedback form, we will get those. If you would like to tell us directly um, about your experience, you can email us at blgardenofficial mm-hmm. at gmail. Uh, we would love to hear that and put it on the testimonial on our upcoming site. So keep mm-hmm. your eye open for that. Um, if you like this podcast and you want to be more interactive with it, um, you can um, pledge on our Patreon and you'll be able to vote on the um, topics that we talk about and also get a shout out from us directly here. Um, future things, we are, like I said, we're getting a, a website. We're doing more po- uh, more podcast things. We will be at A-Fest. Um, we don't have an idea of our schedule yet or what we'll be, we will be bringing, 
but uh, we'll bring something to A-Fest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, we'll be there. And um, any parting thoughts or words, anyone? I think this is probably the best Acon that I've ever been to. So whatever Acon did, whatever y'all did as our attendees, keep it up. Ironically, it was great for us and terrible for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But I had a good time regardless, and I know people worked very hard, and you know when you have lots of people, everything is bigger in Texas, I, I found. So, you know. Acon is like, what, the 10th biggest con in America? No, it's technically number two right now, oh. though Anime Matsuri keeps wanting to, like, inflate their numbers. Well, so I guess last year Matsuri was number two, but we all know they lied about it. Nah. So, <laughs> but Acon, it's, it's kind of cool that now we do, like, a huge chunk of programming for the second biggest con. I'm going to go ahead and call it the second biggest con in the States What's for the Anime. Anime Next? Anime Expo's uh-huh. biggest, which I will be going to in two weeks. And I wish me luck. Yeah. That would be a Bill Garden thing. Yeah. For, no, for it's just for fun. Yeah. So, because I went to Comic Cat and was like, let me do this again, but worse. <laughs> so, um, we will be doing more um, panels at different cons in Texas and hopefully outside of Texas. And if you have any cons you would like to see us at, uh, you can tell us about that as well. Um, but I think that's it for this episode so um we are be all garden thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time see ya